What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. The weather is heating up, which means summer is almost here. Macy's is my go-to place for summer fashion, and I'm getting so excited just looking at Macy's.com for new bathing suits, beach towels, even floaties for the kids. They have all the poolside essentials. Macy's has everything you need for any summer occasion, your summer trip, wedding, or graduation. Macy's has you covered. You can shop all your favorite brands like DKNY, Michael Kors on 34th, shop at Macy's.com or in store. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wind Down with Janet Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast. I just got so nervous. Wait, did you bring your cue cards? Or the cards? Or the... I'm prepared. Where are oh, yours? I don't. Yeah. Okay. I never got any. I have You have mine. Thanks, Amy. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. Holy crap. I, like, legitimately, like, I wasn't nervous two seconds before, now but now are. I'm nervous. Yeah, I don't know what to do at all. <laughs> I'm just so long for the ride, I feel like. Are you guys ready wow. to wind down? Yeah. yeah. Oh! This is so cool. Um,. I'm sorry that you guys can't drink because apparently there's liability issues, but we can. So cheers, babe. <laughs> we'll drink a right few now. for you. Because oh, my tissues are over there, Easton. I brought tissues just in case. You never know with wine down, right? Never a little. Know. No. Who knows what you did this week? I don't know if I'm gonna cry or. <laughs> it was just yesterday, but I'm so we can tell them. Um. Oh, you really want to talk about that? I mean. I thought was... we were just gonna sweep that one under the rug. <laughs> I'm cool with that too. No, go ahead, Ben. No, I'm okay. For, no, we do want to say thank you so much for coming out. And our whole theme here is, if you guys do listen to Wind Down, which hopefully you do, is you realize how open and vulnerable we are. And we want this to be an interactive experience as much as possible. So this is a judgment-free zone. Be open. Be willing to open your hearts and to expose yourself a little bit to try to grow as an individual and as a couple. Because um, that's what Jana and I try to do. And that's what we want to promote. So we want to hear your problems, issues, and 
make sure that we don't it's too feel bad we don't have shots because they're like shot all yeah. right yeah. i have sex problems <laughs> shot all right i got this problem yeah what can we do next time so <laughs> i know drink we gotta make sure that this is like we're possible no but like to what mike said like we just want you know if you guys have questions for our experts that are here that we're so excited to have um join us on the the live podcast today i mean please feel free to be vocal um and I'm sorry for the guys standing for you guys in the back, like they don't have chairs. So I love you guys. Shot, shot, Tori. shots on me. Tori, wave to everybody so they can see you have the microphone too. If anybody wants to ask anything, we'll come around to you. Yeah, like just like raise your hand, be like that annoying kid in the first row. Like <laughs> I, I was that kid, so I'm like, mm, okay. Oh, oh, she's already got one. Oh, let's bring it, girl. <laughs> so I, I feel like I'm starting with like a super heavy question. I'm sorry about that, but all right. Well, let's just That's yeah, how we roll. Like, just like put that in your mind. Take a so, drink. Like, you guys have like shared recently a little bit about um, Jolie's language delay and sort mm -hmm. of how you guys have addressed that. Um, did you have trouble like, or have you had any trouble like making peace with it yourself and like trying not to like obsess daily? Cause, like my son has a pretty severe delay and I'm just always kind of curious how people navigate that. I will say for, for me, I've had a really tough Time because I feel like whatever, not, I'm not saying issues. That's a bad word to say. It's, I blame myself. Like maybe she has a speech delay because I did something wrong as a mom. And I don't know if that's just a mom thing where we just put everything on ourselves. Like it has to be my fault that something's wrong with her because I, I don't know, maybe I didn't read 102 books that night instead of, you know, I, I read just five or I skipped a couple. I don't know. Like, so I have a, I'm definitely really hard on myself when it comes to comes to that. Um, but you know, I've I've also talked to so many of my friends. Like kids, just learn at different times. And but I have, a, but I also have a hard time too. Where my daughter will say something to me, and I'm like, I didn't understand that. And I'm like, wait, I'm now like, I have to help her and not not get mad at her, or upset with her if she's not explaining it to me properly. But I, you know, I think hopefully, like she knows she'll get it. I, but you know, she's, she's three, but it's hard. I hate when people say mean things. So sometimes I'll, I'll want to post something like today. It was so cute. She was singing into her microphone and <laughs> she did not make one word, not one word made sense. And I was about to post it and I was like, Oh no, people are going to be mean. But it was like, it made me really sad. Cause I was like, you know, you knew what I was yep. like the video. And I didn't end up posting it. Cause I felt, I truly was just like, someone's going to make fun of her. And that made me bummed. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Um, what about you, babe? No, I think a uh, great question. To I already love evening. you guys. <laughs> this is my crowd. <laughs> That's why I say it's probably good. I'm not on Instagram because I wouldn't have a filter with that. And I don't know how to politically correctly uh, handle that situation. But, um, with that, with child issues with Jana and I, we kind of balance each other out because she is that super mom and always wants to be doing something to be proactive and help. And I'm just kind of like, ah, it'll be all right. She'll be fine. She'll learn. And yeah, I was like, honey, I think she might have a speech delay. And he's like, no, she's fine. Like, she's fine. She's fine. And then we go to the doctors and he's like, well, she has a speech delay. And I was like, I have been telling you this for the, and he's just like, well, eh, whatever. Yeah. So we balance each other out, but I mean, you know, it's one of those things, unfortunately with uh, kind of Janice following and, being a celebrity that she is, it's it comes with the territory. And it's unfortunate that people out there stoop to that level to comment about children and think they have it all figured out. Um, yeah, that sucks. Can we just like, I just have to ask a question to the crowd because I know we weren't going to talk about our fight earlier today because no, no joke, I don't know if we've actually made up. So this is kind of... <laughs> Weird tension. <laughs> We're professionals, honey, so we... 
Like, <laughs> we turn I, it on a little bit. Like, I really do. Yeah, we're definitely turning it on a little bit. Because, like, I'm a little upset with you still. But let me just talk about it really fast. So, can I? To what degree? <laughs> to the degree of that, I'm not going to, like, tell, like, the number amount. He goes, oh, no. <laughs> Okay, I just have this thing. <laughs> Sorry, he doesn't say yes, but I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> I don't get people that buy games on their phone. Like, <laughs> I just, do oh, shoot. Oh, it's my phone. Well, there you go. So I just karma. don't, karma. I just, for me, I, I'm fine if you want to do like the Candy Crush, like you need another life, like fine, let's add $5, okay? Cool. Whatever. <laughs> For me, I'm like, that's $5 that you could spend on, like, your coffee. Why would you spend that on, you know, your uh, candy crush game for another life? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, this guy, okay, has an NFL game, all right? So he thinks he's back in the game, right? And he's like... That's, that's right. I'm living on my glory days. And Give me a break. Every, and, God. and every time his... Player, does it die or what are you? What are you buying? <laughs> does, this, does this player have a broken leg? Like, does he get injured? Like, I don't know. Like, what is it? Please explain it to me. <laughs> I, I can't explain it to you. Whatever it is that you want. To no, but what are you buying though? Like, what is like what I'm is that a hundred dollar charge every better. time? I'm just trying to get better. Better players, better everything. So I get an alert on <laughs> our credit card. Actually, knows our business manager reached out via email and was like. Uh, you have this charge. Is this accurate? Because this is kind of excessive. Yeah. And so I start going through the weeds of the bill. Okay. And again, I don't, I am the most frugal person you will probably ever meet. I don't buy things for myself. I will buy him the nicest wardrobe and the kids stuff. But like, I have the hardest time buying something for myself. This so, is, hold on. This is great. Brought up a great oh, speaking Jesus. topic. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. It's when we bring up Sarah later, we'll have a discussion about something. Oh God. I remember that. We kind of got into it a little bit. You don't? Oh, I'll we'll talk about you. it later. <laughs> Time out, guys. So anyways, let's get back to Mike and his issues. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But I'm not. But <laughs> So anyways, so I look through the weeds, and I'm telling you guys this. I, was, I felt disrespected as a spouse because if there is a big purchase, and I'm not just talking about a $5 you know, candy crush. I'm not talking about, okay, like $100. But when you are spending... Thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. 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 Exactly. This just became like a murder mystery. <laughs> no. No, but I am telling you, like, to me, that felt so disrespectful that I'm like, you not only, like, if I'm going to buy a purchase, let's just say, let's just say it's three grand. Still, that makes me sick. Let's just say, Hey, I really want these pair of shoes. I you know I can't even fathom that. I still I still can't do that. But let's just say, hey, I want to buy a nice uh, restoration hardware couch or chair for our new house. I would come to you for that kind of big purchase. But this guy's like, let's buy another life. Let's buy another life. Let's buy another life. Let's buy another life. And it adds up. And I'm like, it is. The, how could you? And so I was. He's like, stop being my parent. And I'm like, I'm not being your parent. I'm being an angry effing wife. That like. You should, like, Fair that's enough. irresponsible. So he's like, I'll never do it again, okay? Ever do it again. I'll never spend another dollar on any games. A couple thousand dollars later, 
So I confronted him yesterday <laughs> about this, and I was pissed. I'm on the shame train right now. No, but I mean, I was <laughs> no, no, but I was really angry, and he just. But go ahead, you can defend yourself now. There's there's no defending. I, I, <laughs> what can I say? There's tangible evidence that I was an idiot. <laughs> I'm just a big child still. But like, okay. Doctor Jen has some thoughts. Oh, does she? And Jana, she's on your side. So first we have a commercial. Oh. Oh, but this is good, though. I like this commercial because this is Thrive Market. And I'll tell you what, we actually, we use Thrive Market. And this is the reason that you guys are all here today is because of Thrive Market. So let's give a round of applause for Thrive Market. Um. What's great about Thrive for us, before I get into the actual ad spot, um, we we use Thrive Market. It's um, Yes, I'm sure if you've seen some swipe ups on my Instagram, but it's very organic to us because that is what we actually use. We use the Myers um, dish soap and the, um, the dish detergent. We use the surface stuff. We get Annie's from them. Um, they have amazing products. So would you like to start with the actual list of what we had to say? Basically, Thrive Market is a revolutionary online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone, which is... Story of our lives right there. Saving our money Mike, because can, Mike, of... Mike, can you do this? Nah, I'll just do it. I'll just do it myself. Because he doesn't do it fast I'll, enough. I'll do it better. Let me just do it. Go ahead, honey, please. Continue. You can shop for thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products always at 25 to 50% below traditional... Um, uh, prices. Um, so even like, you know, when you Amazon stuff, no thrive market stuff. Cause you'll actually get it for a better rate. Everything you need from non GMO food, snacks, vitamins, um, straight to your door, which is again, fantastic. Um, uh, on each products page, you can see things like while you love it, price comparisons to retail nutritional ingredients, thrive market offers a highly curated catalog, meaning you might only find three to four options for each product, but you can trust that the best ingredients are at the most affordable prices and safe for your family. And keep in mind, Thrive Market's prices are already are already up to fifty percent off, and now they're giving you an extra twenty five percent off your first order plus free thirty day trial. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Jana. Thrivemarket.com slash Jana for an extra twenty five percent off your first order and free thirty day trial. Thrivemarket.com slash Jana. Yay. Was that good enough, honey? Babe, come okay. on. You know I'm just being like sarcastic with you. Which I think I get the comments like, you're so mean to him. And I'm like, no, I'm just really sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm it's just, a I, good thing I'm here. It is Dr. Jen Man. You guys give it up for Dr. Jen Man. Yeah. So I want to get into what you posted something really great today on your Instagram. But can you just help us um, kind of resolve this fight that we have right going on right now? Absolutely. Okay. And it, it's not quite as clear cut as... One person being right, one person being wrong. This is actually more complex than No, but he said he'd never do it again, but then did it. Well, we're going to get to that in a minute. But I think that understanding what it's about for you guys is actually even more important. Can you guys hear her, by the way? Okay, cool. And since you guys have been so incredibly wonderful and open and honest and vulnerable about what's been going on in your lives, in your marriage, and you guys have come out and talked about sex addiction and what that's been like in your marriage... I want to help you connect the dots. When people have a sex addiction or any addiction or compulsive behavior, they tend to be really uncomfortable in their own skin. They tend to be uncomfortable feeling their feelings. They tend to need a lot of distraction. And especially when you give up one behavior, oftentimes that compulsive behavior switches over to something else. It's like that whack-a-mole game. 
So, okay, so he's not acting out sexually. Wonderful. That's fantastic. That's mm-hmm. key, most important. I'd, I'm sure you'd rather he spend two grand on video games than he act out. And ultimately- But it's still the lie, though, that he said. Absolutely. Like, he said, I would never, but then that triggers me to, oh, well, that's what you said about this, so this must be equaling of this. Of course. So it's going to be triggering for yeah. you. No question. Mm-hmm. But it's an extension of compulsive behavior. Mm. And- I have no doubt in that moment, he really believed, I'm not going to do it again. But then he probably found himself, and those games are wired to be addictive. And he probably found himself sitting in front of the the video game going, I really shouldn't do it. Well, yeah, I'll do one more, just one more. But he didn't have that thought, though. That's that's what bothers me. I'm like, you didn't even think about, like... Did you ask? I did. He said... Go ahead. Did you ask what? I asked you... Wait, when you when you picked up, the I asked game. you. I go, yeah. what hurts my feelings is that you didn't think of me in that moment. Like you were selfish in your own feelings, which feels very similar to the addiction piece. Like you didn't yeah. think about how that would make me feel, or so. And you just I, were like, I allowed my what I thought as my need in that moment to trump my empathy for your feelings. Yeah. So you probably went, I shouldn't do this. Hundred percent. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could I could see it in his face. It's because you're here. <laughs> he was like, it's just, yeah, no, like, I think for yeah. him though, he's like, it's not, I'm not looking at anything appropriate so I can do this. Like this doesn't yeah. equal that. But look, like we talked about when we met before, when we did your podcast, he's very shame based. Mm-hmm. He carries a lot of shame mm-hmm. and I'm not, understand this does not excuse behavior. I am not one to ever excuse behavior, any kind of compulsive behavior. You're a hundred percent right. If he makes a commitment, I'm not going to do this again. He should talk to you. If you guys have an agreement, if we spend more than X number of dollars together, he should talk to you. But understanding that this wasn't him intentionally being malicious to you. This is a flaw and a broken part of him that still needs to heal. He still has a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. But for you to understand that this isn't about you, even though it's not okay, it's unacceptable behavior, he needs to keep his promises or not make his promise, not make a promise that he can't assure you that he can keep. This wasn't him being malicious. This was him acting out in an unhealthy, compulsive way. Thoughts? (laughs) Couldn't said it better myself. <laughs> I will, no, I will say, I mean, I definitely can see the correlation. And I will just completely honestly, it is, uh, I'm more nervous right now just because it is harder in front, physically in front of people to be transparent like this. Of course. So I will say that. But again, I want to thank you guys for coming and being willing to, willing to be a part of this. And kind of open your hearts and open yourselves enough to, to listen and, and, you know, acknowledge these things. Um, but no, that's totally it. I mean, the rationalization there of me just saying, I, you know, minimizing it and saying it's just a, it's just a game. Mm-hmm. And saying, justifying it by saying, you know, I enjoy this. I, I just want to do it. I enjoy it. And, and probably, hey, I'm giving up all this other stuff. Like, I, like uh, yeah, I'm oh, being for so sure. clean and I'm doing all the right things. Like, right. Can I at least play a game? Right, for sure. And, you know, he's like, it's like you buy your wine. He's like, this is just my thing. And I'm like, yeah, but if you, there's not, I didn't say I would never not do this again. <laughs> right, or, which, or like, which, can we at least keep it to this amount versus like this amount? Right. And I, and I, I mean, I think you can attest, you can attest to this that since yesterday, last night when this came up, I, I haven't defended the fact that. I did, you know, I, I understood that I did that wrong. I understood that 
I wasn't defending that it was okay for me to tell you one thing and do the other. And I, I totally understood how she correlated me telling her one thing and then not doing the other, because that's what I was doing when I was acting out. Yep. That's what I was doing when I was in that addictive behavior and doing things that were hurtful for our relationship. So I can, it's taken some time. If yeah. you'd asked me that a year ago or even six months ago, I probably my initial reaction would have been to defend it and to minimize and be like, it's just a game. Like, what do you, why is this a big deal? It's just a game, you know? And I wouldn't have been able to empathize towards the bigger picture of the behavior. Um, but still it's, it's hurtful to Jana. And I do feel a lot of shame that even though it's a stupid, the fact that we're even sitting here talking about a stupid game, you know, but, but it's, it's real, but it is real. And, and look, what, what you impactful? guys do best and why, everyone is here is because you are so real and you are so willing to share of your painful, relatable moments. And this is relatable. Everyone has been in a relationship where someone has made a commitment or acted out or done something that has been painful and hurtful and that you guys are willing to share this and let people bear witness to your struggles is amazing. And it's a gift that you give your listeners. Well, we love you, Jen Man, and you know we have some emails right here. But is there anyone that's willing to ask Jen Man, um, who's obviously an expert at sex, relationships, you know, life? So, is anyone want to raise their hand and ask Jen a question? Oh, come on! <laughs> Not one. There we go. We got one. Yeah. Did you see? Okay. Yeah, we'll spark some. It's okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I'm just wondering, with addiction and things like that, and almost kind of very similar situation to the game, is that something with addiction, like of porn and sex and things like that, that you're going to have to look at in your relationship for your entire life? Is that something that's going to be lifelong for your partner to work on? Absolutely. Um, when you're an addictive person, when you're a compulsive person, that it is you have to watch that like whack-a-mole thing that I just said where you cure one addiction and another pops up. You do stop doing one compulsive behavior and another pops up. That said, that when you do the deeper work on yourself and you're a guy who's very willing to do that, it's something about you that's really impressive and, and it's got to make you very proud of him, that when you do the deeper work to address the underlying issues, the need to be compulsive and to act out or do addictive behaviors tends to dissipate. But it's an intense long-term process. It's not a quick fix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think to your question too, is something that my therapist had told me is when they when you gradually, or not gradually, when you stop, you're not feeding. What is that? Like you're not feeding your endorphins. Like you're not getting that hit. So over time, they're not going to think about like, ooh, chocolate. Like yeah, it's always, chocolate's always going to be there. But it's not going to have that pull. Yeah. And also the, the thing about that kind of compulsive behavior is that it creates such a spiral of I'm feeling anxious, sad, scared, like whatever the feeling is you don't want to feel. And then you go, oh, I'm going to act out. You act out, whether it's the video game or sex or drugs or gambling, food, whatever your thing is, you do that thing. And then you go into a shame spiral. Then you beat mm -hmm. yourself up. Then you feel terrible. I can't believe I did that. I promised her I wouldn't do it. I, I, I hope she doesn't catch me. You're nervous. You're getting some endorphin rush there just with the anxiety of that, which is kind of a little bit of a buzz. At the same time, you're in this horrible shame spiral. So you're feeling incredibly conflicted and you're feeling terrible and you're beating yourself up. So you feel bad. So then you're more likely to act out yeah. to avoid feeling those feelings. So it creates this, it's, this yeah, spiral. It's, yeah, it's a vicious yeah. cycle. And what's interesting about what you just said is that's exactly what happened in this situation where when I would 
purchase. Again, it sounds so childish, but when I would, you know, spend a hundred dollars in a sitting and buy something, I did it, immediately after. I'm like, damn it! I'm like, why did I just do that? I told her I wasn't going to do it, you know. And then I'll start rationalizing to myself. Oh well, I enjoy this. This is something I want to do, and whatever. And it is the same pattern for when I was, you know, acting out sexually outside of our marriage. It's the same thing. You go into that shame. And what do you do to get out of that shame? You go back to the behavior that made you feel a certain way to escape all of those, you know, the, your reality of all those feelings. And, and with you guys, to me, there, there are two key issues in this. One is the compulsive behavior, which you have to address in your individual therapy and do the deeper work. And the second is the rebuilding of trust with her mm-hmm. and the understanding of even a little lie like that at this point is going to trigger. Well, that's what that I said stuff. to him. I was like, I don't, at the end of the day, yes, I'm very upset about spending the money, but at the same time, it's, I would have, it would have shown me so much growth and it would have made me, I would not have been as upset hardly at all is if you came to me and were like, I, I effed up. Yeah. I knew I shouldn't have done this. I hate the finding out part yeah. and the deceit behind Cause it's not about the game. It's about you lying. We're yeah. not lying, withholding information you know, that you said you yeah. wouldn't do. It's like, you looked me in the eye, just like you looked me in the eye when you said this. So like, that's the part also, that like but also, gets me. It's that he couldn't stop himself. Yeah. You really stop and think about it. It's that he wasn't able to be emotionally disciplined. It just doesn't feel like respect. the compulsive energy <clears throat> yeah. on it, which makes it harder to trust. And let me say this, just to touch on it a little deeper, just from you guys talking about that situation. And, and Jana, you saying, if you had just come to me and told me the truth, like, you know, it would have shown so much growth. It would have shown me a lot. The amount of times, and I, I'm again, nervous about getting emotional or getting deep, but the amount of times that I heard that from my parents or my father when I was a kid and I would actually take him up on that and come to him and tell him the truth and I'll still have the same level of repercussions as I would when I lie is still traumatizing to even hear her say, "Of course, if you would have just come to me and told me, this would have been a lot better. Well, I'm still trying to work through the fear of being able to do that and know that I'm doing the right thing. And regardless of reaction by her or anybody that knowing I still did the right thing. So it, it just came up for me when you guys were talking about that, how ingrained that still is in me. Have you ever tried that with her? Uh, come to her. Yeah, there's been things that I've I've brought to her attention that I've said, "Hey, I lied about this yesterday. I it was I said this. It was really this." Um, How did it go? I mean, every time it's been great. So she's offering you reparative experiences. She's helping oh, you repair abso- your childhood. I mean, childhood. absolutely. There's no question. Yeah. You know, but it's. I think just probably trusting that is just hard. Even though I haven't mother effed you after it you know i've been like oh, okay and then i'm like hmm. but like inside i'm like i know that if i do that like he's not going to come to me again so i have to like yeah. swallow like yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah that'd be bad yeah no i know <laughs> <laughs> jen how does how does jana navigate when michael comes to her and tells her the truth she wants to him to know that's the right thing to do but she's still a little mad about either what it was or the lie so how right. does she navigate that with him it's a great question. Yeah, because I did it wrong. Like, I will say, like, what I can own on this was that I did not handle my emotions correctly because 
I was so triggered by, well, you said this last time and, and look what happened. So what else are you doing? Let's look at the phone bills. I mean, I spiraled today. I was like, I want to see phone bills. I want to see this. I want to see this. Because I'm like, if you're lying about this and you must be lying about, I'm like, oh, we're, we're here again? Like, of, of course. It makes sense. That you she's admitting spiral. this real time, by the way. She hasn't yeah. said any of that to me. Shut so. up. No, to you. Get your hands off me. And that's why I'm here. Get off. Get off me. But I, I think Amy's question, I think you were asking about when he does do it right. Yeah. Right? Like if he comes to her and says, hey, I screwed up. I did it again. I spent a thousand bucks on the video. Because she needs to sort yeah. of, quote, reward him for yes. doing the no, right thing. No, and I have every time. Yeah. That's but what he was saying. But she still has yeah. the right to be mad. Yeah. yeah. Right, but I, I can't. It's a second conversation. I have to, I have to bring it back to him later. Yeah. That's what my it, therapist has told me, too. The first yeah. conversation is, thank you so much for trusting me enough to tell yeah. me. And sometimes, you know, it's right. I was talking to a parent in therapy this week about this, that sometimes when our partner tells us something that we don't like, or our kid tells us, you know, they confess oh, the crime that they committed. Our first reaction is to get mad, but it's a compliment to the relationship. When he comes to you, it means he trusts you. He's invested enough in the relationship to take that risk. He's willing to be vulnerable. So it's actually a compliment. And if the first thing out of your mouth is, thank you so much for trusting me enough to tell me, it will shift your energy as well as the conversation. There's a, there's a guy named that. John Gottman who did a, a bunch of research. He's one of the top researchers in relationships, and he can predict divorce with 97% accuracy based oh, on wow. his research. And one of the things he says is that 98% of the time, the way a conversation starts is the way it's going to end. So if you start it with, how could you have done that? I can't yeah. believe it. Like It's going to end on that same note. But if you can turn to him and say, thank you so much for trusting me, enough to share that information. I know this has got to be really hard for you. I love that. Yeah. It's going to change. Um, let's lighten it up a little bit. Um, who was that guy again? What was his name? John Gottman. John Gottman. Yeah. Okay. Amy's like, I'm writing that one down. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I just, sorry, this one just kind of kept, uh, cause I can't relate to this. So I, I want to hear this, but her, it's from Kimberly. I'm not attracted to my husband. My marriage has been so much left. Well, no, but this, about it. the weird thing is that I've had a friend tell me this before, so I'm I'm curious to kind of get your take. But she says my marriage has been in the gutter. In the last three years, I've only had sex with my husband. Wait, yeah. In the last three years, <laughs> sorry, I just said, in the last no judgment by the way at all, no judgment. In the last three years, I have only had sex with my husband four times. Two of which ended in babies. Um, but I am not attracted to my husband. And I don't know what to do. I'm so irritated with him that I can't get past it to be turned on by him. Believe it or not, this is more common than you would Well, that's think. the thing. Like, I remember yeah. having conversations with yeah. one of my girlfriends. They're like, I, like, A, I don't want to have sex with my husband. It's been a year. And B, I don't really think he's attracted. Like, I'm not attracted to him. But, but the, the giveaway in this was I'm irritated at him. And typically, the number one reason. How many why of you are irritated by your spouse? Raise your hand. <laughs> what? Why? Put your hand down. But wait, but that was like half the room. What is going on? But here, here's the thing: the number one reason that I have seen in my clinical practice why people, male or female, by the way, because men withhold sex too. It's not just women. But the number one reason why people withhold sex is anger. Anger yeah. that has not been talked through, processed, worked through. Yeah. That's what I'm getting from this person. Yeah. And that it, it, she doesn't say like, oh, my husband's gained 100 pounds and he has warts all over his face now. Like she's not saying there's been a physical change. What she's saying is 
I married this guy. She's probably attracted to him. Usually we're attracted to people we marry, but now I'm not. So something has changed in her marriage. And it sounds like she's angry. And it sounds like what they need is talk therapy. They need to be sitting in a room with a neutral person to help them have productive conversations and to communicate and talk through their anger and process it. Because when anger doesn't get processed, it gets leaked out in all different forms in our relationships. Is there anyone that's willing to open themselves up? (laughs) And attest to this and say that maybe you're going through a dry spell in your relationship sexually and that feelings are coming up or anything. Does anyone have want to step up to the plate? Come on. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Love it. I just got, I'm sweating. I'm spitzing. So my boyfriend and I have been together for almost eight years, eight years. Sarah, you got some hope there, baby. <laughs> you got hope, my love. Okay, eight yeah, years. Going on eight years. Um, we both live at home, but it's kind of the same thing, you know. Um, and we actually just recently had a break for a couple months. And, Are you guys um, back from your break? Yes. Okay. Yes, but even so, so I don't know if, you know, we both kind of have some anger and frustrations um, from the past, maybe even now. But we really don't have sex that often. And I don't know if it's maybe we live at home. Because I live with my parents, he lives with his parents, so if that maybe has something to do with it. Um, I'm going to school. I'm in nursing school, so mm-hmm. I don't have the funds to move out financially. Um, but it's for me, it's really frustrating. Jenna, I know you kind of have touched on this in the past that mm-hmm. for you, you like the physical touch, mm-hmm. right? And I'm kind of the same way, so that was actually a question I was going to ask you and how you kind of dealt with that with Mike. Does your boyfriend know that's your love language? I think we've had the conversation before. Um, I did buy the book of a couple years ago and we went through it. We were going camping. Um, so I was doing it in the car, mm-hmm. but um, I'm sure he does, or at least he did at the time. So I don't know if it's something I need to bring up again. Well, I mean, for, you know, I'm going to obviously let the expert speak on this, but for what, what I've done is I think it's just, you know, he really needs to know what you need and what makes you fulfill. So for me, it's like, you know, he knows if, I like touch and and so he makes an effort to to do those things because it, he knows that it's going to fulfill me more than him emptying the dishwasher when it's like vice versa for for each other. So like he'd rather have me empty the dishwasher than give him a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Acts of service, baby. <laughs> Proud of it. So <laughs> Like, I think he just needs to know so that way he can show up for you and then you have to find the way that you can show up for him in whatever way that he needs it because it might be different from what, from what you know, he wants. Um, but I think it's just, you know, it just takes some time and some practice because it might not be his first thing. Like, that's not maybe not what he, you know, gravitates towards. I don't know. Expert? <laughs> I guess I'm like... Tell me a little bit more about the dynamic and the relationship between the two of you. Are neither of you wanting sex? Is one of you wanting it? The other one is not. I need a little more information. I think I'm wanting it more than mm-hmm. he is. Um, that a girl. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And what does he um, say about when when you talk about that or you initiate? What's his response? Typically, if it's initiated you know, we, we will have sex, but it's not as often anymore that he'll initiate it. Um, 
And a lot of times he's like, well, I'm just tired. You know, I work, he works for the gas company. And so it's like, well, I've been working all day. I'm tired. It's this. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess, you know, or does he want to have a good sex life with you? I think so. It's not honestly not something we've been, we've brought up a lot because I'm not sure how to bring it up. Talking about sex, once it becomes an issue, becomes so scary and so difficult to do because everyone's afraid of hurting each other, of egos, of making things worse. And sometimes people think, oh, if I talk about it, it's going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. But things have to well, be Well, and performance about. too, because it's like yes. the more we talk about it, the more, you know, it doesn't work. Yeah, no, the, and that's not, the, the pressure. <laughs> look, the, 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 like, but like you know what I meant like like no, yeah we all know what you meant there, right? <laughs> I meant like from the other side of it never mind but okay, if you I'm want to go there I'm trying to be a caretaker right now Keep and jump in <laughs> let me ask you something when the first you guys first met that first six months of the relationship what did you guys do that made you guys like if you were getting ready for a date what did you do How'd you get ready for a date? It would depend on where we were going. Did Um, you pick out an outfit? (laughs) Yeah, and I do still try to do that. Um, Would you get like some cute lingerie? No, I'm not really that type of person. Me neither. (laughs) Okay. I'm really not that type of a person. A little little Um, more of like a naked gal? (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm all for it. Whatever whatever gets a job done. Um, Would would you think about like the last time you guys had sex or they kissed or how hot it was? Once in a while, yeah. Like like I'm talking the early stage of the relationship when things were hot and heavy. Yes. Yeah, definitely. One of the things I see a lot of the time that I have a feeling is going on for you guys is that eight years into a relationship, people go on autopilot and they expect their sex life to run on its own. And I'm sorry, sex lives don't. And if you just let it kind of do its thing, we tend to be negligent. We tend to not take as good a care of ourselves. We tend to not do the things that not only we're seductive to our partner, but seductive to ourselves. Like you're, you're not a bra and panties gal. I, I, I feel you, but there are a lot of people out there who are. And when a woman who's into cute bra and panties puts it on for her partner, she's also kind of getting herself sexed up. She's getting that energy going. She's seducing herself as well as him. My only thing to that though, and I'm so yes. sorry to cut you off sure. is that if that's not what he's, cause if, if I were to do that, cause I'm not, I don't like, I don't even know if I have one piece of lingerie. Like I'm just yeah. not a lingerie girl. I'd rather put on an extra large t-shirt and some panties and go to bed. Like yeah. whatever. Like, like, I mean, I'm talking about like the, the target brand. Like I'm just not yeah. like that girl. Yeah. So if I were to do that and then get turned down, that feeling sucks, you know? So you might have to really have a conversation with him. Cause again, figure out what his love language is to make him you know, because it might not be the lingerie. But, but Do you know what I'm but, saying, but though? But that's not what I'm saying. It's not about the I feel the like lingerie. you're saying, like, put lingerie no, and, like, no, no, fancy no, up. No, no, no. Okay. What I'm saying is the things that we do in the beginning of a relationship okay. to get us excited about sex and excited about a date are the things we tend to neglect doing. I don't care about the specific bra or the panties, but what I care about is the mindset. And I care about the things that she did before that date. And it doesn't have to be bras and panties. She's not a bra and panties gal. But she was thinking about the last time that they kissed or they made love. She was thinking about things that made her hot and got her juices flowing. And he probably was doing the same. He was probably like putting on his clothes. I can't wait to see her. And I can't wait to see her eyes sparkle and like... 
touch her arm and whatever, you know, but it's about getting into a seductive mindset. And eight years later, if you're not making an effort to get into a sexual mindset, if you're not doing things to kind of keep your juices flowing, they don't tend to flow. We tend that the familiarity tends to kind of squash the, the, the our, our sexuality. It tends to kind of make it works. flat. Sarah, what do you do? Because you've been six years in. Almost seven. Um, almost, almost seven now? We're almost there. We're almost Still there. Still ringless, uh, ladies and gentlemen. In case you didn't yeah. notice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was thinking, because we're the... Oh, this is, oh my God, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. Um, oh my God. So we're the opposite, because like he loves to do it, and I also love to do it. And so like... This is a weird mindset. Okay, let me just start from saying my last relationship, I was, I, I was cheated on all the time. When you were 10? I'm sorry. I just heard like, I said my last relationship before him, him, I was cheated on all up and down the walls and I didn't even really care. And I was like, it's me, it's me, it's me. It's me, it's me. So when I met him, I was like, okay, guys like sex. I'm going to have sex all the time. Whenever he wants to do it, I'm going to do it. Like, I don't care. Like. I'm going to make him. And then as it kind of went on four years, five years, it was like, oh my God, we're, we're still doing it all the time when he wants to do it. So I think for me, Jesus. It, listen, I'm also trying to get that's, that ring. So if that's what I have to do, I'll do it. Thank you. So that was. We'll talk to you like four years after you get it. So that was my mindset. And then I kept saying dead. like, oh, it'll go. And I'm like, well, here we are seven years later. But I think that you have to find it enjoyable for you. So, like, for me, I was like, you know what? I want to do it when I want to do it and not just when he wants to do it. And so, even though that's not your situation, I think that you need to find, like, okay, I feel best when, kind of like you were saying, like, if I have my nails done, I'm done. I can take over the world. So, like, for you, if it's, like, I feel really good today and I'm going to do this, and if he is still, you know, because I, I think there's a sense of, like, when you're feeling yourself, someone else picks up on that and is, like, like, even with him, like, when he's feeling himself, I'm like, oh. That's what Jen's saying. Yeah, yeah like, I yeah. Feel, so, yeah. so I agree with you on that, but I also think that yeah. you need to obviously have a conversation and be like, this is how I feel. Because for sure, what I was going to say when you said eight is it's like, everyone can say what they want, but you guys are obviously doing something right if it's lasting for eight years. And that's what I say. Like, when oh, people well, are like, that. no, because it's true. When people are like, oh, my God, like, he's never, I'm like, well, we're obviously doing something right because seven years in, I don't hate him. And, like, we don't have kids. We haven't had a wedding. So it's only going to get better. So, like, you're obviously, you guys obviously are doing something right that is working for you. So I feel like you just need to be like, look, this is how I feel. And then if he's like, I don't care, then that's something huge. If he's like, you know what? This is how I feel. Because what's your sign? Oh, Jesus. Okay. I just, <laughs> no, because, like, um, I don't, like, talk about my feelings at all, ever. And so, like, if I cry to Ty, he's like, whoa and then like maybe he'll like cry like didn't you just have a blow up with him though about the ring like here we go two nights ago yeah i did i did oh you want me to go on (laughs) no so i feel so when i have a meltdown and tell him how i feel that's like it's not his love language but he's like oh my god like you're you're serious so then like it allows him to be like okay so like we had i had a meltdown the other night and he also had a meltdown, and so together we were just, like, melting. And, but it was really therapeutic, and he was like, I hear you. And I was like, and I hear you, too. So that's, I mean, I think that's why he and I have lasted so long is because we have really good communication. Um, I don't know if he really listens to me, but we talk a lot. And so I think that 
I think that you need to just like obviously have a, a serious conversation, not just like a joke, like, oh, I want to do it. And I think also the other part, and and I see this a lot, is that once you've kind of talked about the emotional aspect of it, you also want to rule out the physical aspect. Because I can't tell you how many men I see, young men in this day and age, who have low testosterone. I always, anytime I get a couple in my office where the man doesn't have a, a, a sex drive that he's happy with and that's hurting the relationship, I always say, please go in, get your testosterone checked before you do anything. We got to rule this out. I had a couple in my in my office once I wrote about this in my book, The Relationship Fix, which, by the way, I'd love to give you a, a copy of. Um, <laughs> that... This couple came in for 10 years. This guy had no sex drive. His wife, her heart was broken. Like she was so angry and resentful by the time they came in. And I said, you got to get yourself in there. Just get your testosterone checked. He goes in. His testosterone is incredibly low. The doctor puts him on an appropriate dose of testosterone. His sex drive is back. His wife was so hurt that for 10 years, she felt rejected. She felt hurt. She begged him to go to the doctor. She begged him to do all these things. And he didn't. That Then the issue was no longer a sex drive. It was how hurt she was for 10 years. And we had to spend all this time in therapy because she was so hurt. So I always like to rule out the physical, talk about the emotional, and then also change the behavior to behavior that's conducive to having a sex life. Both of you guys being in your parents' houses, not so conducive. So you have to really go out of your way to create situations that make space for sex. If it's you not, good? Oh, if it's not uh, the, the physical with the testosterone and everything like that, how can you determine if maybe it is just an intimacy disorder? And I'm not talking about addiction or anything like that, but some people could still just, once the relationship is getting, you know, longer in its tenure, mm-hmm. you know, that, that magic does kind of naturally fade, right? Yeah. So if someone, it's easy to have sex early on when you really don't know the person that well, you're getting to know each other. But then when you get into the nitty gritty, it's just like that there's so much intimacy there, which yep. for me, I just know personally, it makes me so uncomfortable yep. that I'm trying to get through and, and grow from. So have you seen that just in relationships that don't have to deal with addiction, but just... Absolutely. Yes. I, I, I think that for most people, I, I, that for the vast majority of people in this country, if we're really honest, that having emotional intimacy and having sex in the same relationship is challenging. Mm-hmm. It is a vulnerable experience. It is a challenging experience. I mean, in my book, the last chapter of sex, everyone was jump to that chapter. But really a huge part of that chapter is about exactly this and the emotions of how do you handle both and what do you, how do you do the things that make a sex life grow and, and kind of what are the actual steps you need to take and the conversations you need to have. But yeah, that is the conversation. Alan, how's your sex life? Uh. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, should we do one more question yeah, for Jen Man? I, I thought well, there was thank, one in the back. So by, much, the way, by the way, thank you very for, much for, for, for opening you. your thank you. Yes. story. Thank you. So, Jenna, what? Do we have, there's not one in the back? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, last one for Jen Man. My husband and I have been together for 13 years, five years dating, and eight years married. We got into an argument the other day about how much we should be having. Sex. We have sex about three. Jesus. We have sex about three times a week, and he thinks that isn't enough. Just curious what y'all think. I mean, I think hello. Like, if you've got kids to factor in, tired schedules. I mean, I want sex a lot, but I'm happy with two a week. I'd like three. That'd be fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> hell, I'd do four. Spin me around, baby. <laughs> but I mean, like, for you, I mean, like, I feel like you're good, like, once a week. Like, you're like, I got my thing in, and then I'm good. 
Oh, welcome to Wind Down. <laughs> what do you, well, no, well, seriously, like, what would you think? Like, what's a healthy number? Uh, it, it's it's uh, based on each couple. It's what people need. Well, what do you want? <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> He's trained so well. <laughs> I'm just thinking that. <laughs> no, but I think we do it, like, what, twice a week? Sorry, Mom. I mean, I have kids. Jesus, obviously, they know I'm having sex now. I'm 35 yeah, freaking I, years old. I don't old. really keep track. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Okay. A lot of people want to know, too, if the tantric sex therapy worked. For us? And what happened. I mean, you don't have to give me all the details, but just... Well, some. let me tell you, after we got done with tantric therapy... No, um, I it worked. We just haven't done well on the follow-through because we got sick. Yeah. Like, we're still kind of dealing with the cold right now. Um, and we didn't really follow directions. We were supposed to when we did the oh, exercises. Oh, yeah. That's your fault, though, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to have sex with my wife. So... <laughs> Through through the exercises, you're not supposed to have sex afterwards. Well, every time we did these. Well, like, so the tantric exercise was like so. There was a couple different ways. Like one was like massage your partner like that. <laughs> so it's like like you massage their leg and their body from like top to like toes right. or like feel. Is that how she said it? Yeah. <laughs> but and then one but of them was, one of them was basically dry humping and so <laughs> you're basically just laying in bed like humping each other. <laughs> I mean, how do you, I felt like we were in eighth grade all over again. But this time I got to get lucky, so I was like, all right, well, let's do it. So I am dead. Yeah, we didn't follow direction. Um, okay, Jen, thank you so much for coming can, can up I, here. Can I just answer a little bit on the, the question real quick? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, what was I the question? To, I, <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I just imagine, like, Mike, like, drop something right hump. now. I actually wrote a column at the column in Style magazine that was about how many times a week should you be having sex. Oh, okay, cool. The research <laughs> shows, and, and look, I got to be honest, personally, clinically, this sounds really low to me, but people who have sex, couples who have sex once a week are technically the happiest. I don't like that study. Oh, interesting. Why don't you like but that? It just, it seems low, but like... Whatever works. And, and, and look, truthfully, clinically speaking, what matters to me as a therapist when a couple comes in, if a couple comes in and says we're having sex once every other week and we are thrilled, we're satisfied, we feel connected, I'm like, great, that works. If, there, if the problem is with the disparity. And what I would want to know with this couple is what's going on that he wants more sex. Is it really just about the sex? Is it about he wants more intimacy? Is it he wants more attention? Is it that he was molested as a child and is sexually compulsive and is acting out and needs sex to bind his anxiety? Like, there are a lot of reasons why people want sex besides sex. Well, can I just intro Christine to this? And are you sure. okay with me? Oh, God, yeah. I'm totally okay, you guys, first of all, give it up for Christine Morrell. Oh, she was... Um, she was on the podcast a couple weeks ago and she was talking about um, health and um, we talked about weighing myself and, you know, just about body issues. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of want to bring you in on this conversation with us because sure. she, well, well, Amy just kind of whispered in my ear was that. Thanks. And again, you said you're okay. So yeah, I feel like, totally I feel like I'm kind of like 100%. being intrusive and kind of mean, no, but no, it's um, fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, you schedule sex with yeah, your husband. Exactly. So, We've been married for um, 15 years, and we have two kids, a 9-year-old and 11-year-old. And we went to see a therapist before we had kids, and it was an amazing 
experience. And what he did is he had us each write down what our expectations are for each other. How do you want to raise kids? How many kids do you want? How do you like want to discipline them? How many times does he want to have sex? How many times? And sex was very important for him. And I'm very emotional and I needed a lot of attention. So he was like, okay, then if it's important for him to have sex twice a week, we have kids. How are we going to do this? So we've decided, and we have a lot of communication on this, and it's easier for us to schedule sex. So Mondays and Fridays, I usually get home early. The kids are still in school. Like legitimately yeah. every Monday. Every single Monday At the Friday, same time. At the same time. Exactly. Do you, Doesn't ever, do you that... ever have sex like during the week where it just spontaneously happens? Rarely. Rarely. But yeah. does it does it feel... Because no, I know because that would, that would never work for us. Because yeah. well, for for someone like me, it would be a mind. It would be a mind. Oh my F. gosh, you would be like, like so much I would anxiety. have so much anxiety around. Oh really? Just that like planning to, to perform, planning intimacy. Like for someone like me who doesn't like intimacy in any uh-huh. of that, I'd be like, okay, so at Thursday at five, I got to be intimate. <laughs> Like, the whole week is ruined for me because I'm just thinking about that one time that I got to be intimate. So, a guy like me can't do that. Oh, but, like, for you, like, is does yeah. it... No, it gets me excited. Like, I know, like, Mondays I get up and I'm, like, excited. I'm looking forward to the day. I know exactly... Well, what if, like, your stomach hurts or, like, you have a headache or what if, you know, you get a meeting that changes, like, sorry, I got to have sex at 3 o'clock. Like, I can't, I can't, like you can't, like, change have, your schedule. I'm that friends can. with Christy and she's been at my house... Like, Does she do a, it at your house? No, but she, <laughs> <laughs> we'll she's be like, at it's my five. house with our, all our neighbor and girlfriends, and she'll say, "Sorry, guys, I gotta go in six minutes. I have to have sex." Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it can change. Nice. Like it used to be Wednesdays and Fridays, and now it's changed. Anyways, but it totally works for us, and he gets he gets what he needs, as do I. It just I don't know. There's something about the excitement of looking forward to it, and knowing it's gonna happen, because I feel like for me, I. I can get like exhausted and I'm tired. I'm doing a million things. And I just, I feel like if it's scheduled, I know I'm going to make him happy. Therefore, I'm going to get what I need. It just works. Do you use sex as a way to show him that you're pissed off? Because like the last hour, you've told him, don't touch me at least (laughs) two or three times. So is that like your way of... What's up, girl? (laughs) Bring it, baby. Let's go. I like you. And to say that one more time, this is now I'm not going to be mad at you when you ask the question. <laughs> Put my diffuser down. Go ahead. Yeah, I love that. Like I just pissed off Jana Kramer. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. So I was just wondering if you use sex and like pushing away intimacy as a way of showing him that you're pissed off because you know that he knows that that's your love language and in the last two the last hour you've said don't touch me at least twice and uh-huh. you physically pushed him away from you yeah so is so, that your way of showing great him? question yeah um <laughs> shut up then I pushed him away again shoot no um I've never used sex against um uh, against us ever so for- you weren't interested last night when he tried to get it on Last night I was angry at him and I felt really disrespected. Okay. And what I don't want is I don't want to use sex in an unhealthy way. So I knew that him trying, like him, him wanting to have sex with me last night, I wasn't in the headspace. And I know that if I'm not in the right headspace, I'm going to spiral and I'm going to start thinking about bad stuff when we're having sex. And then it's just going to end up being bad. So if I'm not in a good headspace and that's 
When does that ever happen? And then like, Mike, yeah. like in the spirit of pissing you off, potentially, did you choose to try to be intimate with her as a way of like good question, good question, her happy? Good mm-hmm. question, but no, I, honestly, I was just wanting to have sex. So. <laughs> it's such a guy. I was, I was like, hey, honey, so hot when she's mad. But like, right? do you find it interesting that you were super attracted to her and like super? Horny, as you just said, and like wanted your juices to flow, as you would say, <coughs> like when you knew she was pissed off at you. That actually is a very insightful question as well, because Sorry. very astute. Yeah, very astute. Because I honestly, I don't know the answer to that because that could very well be in my subconscious, being like, okay, I know she'll probably turn this down. So for me, and with my issue with intimacy mm-hmm. and and sometimes performing, it's like. You know, I she's probably not going to want this, so there's no pressure for me. Mm-hmm. There's but no, it, like, there's also, no expectations. But I'm on to you though. Here's yeah. the deal: maybe yeah. I will start using it as something. So maybe I will get mad to be like, I'm going to get it. I'm just like, if I give him a little, yeah, why? Like, the visual. I, I think that there's another factor in all of this, uh-huh. and that is Mike. When you when she's not mad at you, you guys are more merged emotionally, and that intimacy is scary. But when she's mad, she pulls back from you. Mm -hmm. That pulls back in terms of the intimacy, so it makes it a little safer for you to approach given your issues around intimacy. And and I think you are the perfect example of when we're angry, we withhold sex. We're pissed. We then don't want to to go there and be that emotionally connected. But one thing I want to add to the question that you asked, it was a series of truly brilliant questions and incredibly (laughs) astute. Um, Sometimes with couples, less, look, you guys have experienced a trauma, so this might not work for you guys. But for a couple where there's just kind of the typical intimacy, sex, trouble of like, wow, we're so emotionally intimate. It's really scary to have such close, intimate sex. Sometimes getting into stuff like role playing, getting into, you know, toys, bondage, games, like all that kind of stuff can kind of remove or even positions where you're not face to face. You know, those kind of things can kind of help lessen the intimacy and make the sex exciting and kind of shake it up a bit, but also kind of pull back on the intimacy a little. Love that. Um, can I, uh, Christy, can I ask you a question? I just want to yeah, switch gears a little bit to health. Yes, um, of, course, of course. And Sarah, too, if you want to pop on with my mic. Um, this is from Caitlin. She has a workout addiction. Just like Sarah, I have to work out. When I don't, I get upset and work out even harder the next day. On top of that, I have to sweat. If I don't, then I feel like I failed myself. My question is, how can I get out of this habit? Until that podcast, I would have never realized this was a bad thing. Is this something of a concern I should take focus on or just let it go? I think it all depends, again, how it affects your life. I think if you're mad at yourself or you can't enjoy your day because you haven't sweat that day, I think that there is something wrong with that. I think you should be able to have workouts where... So I can speak to this personally because I had an addiction with exercise. So um, I would say that was my means of almost like exercise bulimia when I was in college where I would eat a lot and then have to exercise, but I didn't feel right unless I was like pouring sweat. And so now in my adult life, I do things that actually don't sweat at all, which is interesting how it's the complete opposite. But for those that feel like they can't have a good day or they are just in a you know, funky mindset all day because they haven't sweat. I understand the endorphins. I get that it's important to like move your body and feel good. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But when it's an absolute addiction, like if I don't sweat today, then I will have a bad day and everything will be like wrong. And that, that definitely is a problem. And for sure, I would think about either 
talking to somebody or, you know, be up for the challenge. You'd be like, let me just see what happens if I just go out in nature and do a hike or do something like a walk instead of having to do a class where I'm like dripping sweat. How does that make me feel? And if it is a problem, then yeah, I actually think you should talk to somebody. And I think a part of that, like to your point, because obviously we just had this conversation like two weeks ago. I, which I didn't say on the podcast is when I was, I think there's a difference. Like, is it a control thing or is it like an addiction? And for me, I had texted Jana and being like, I feel so out of control with Ty sometimes that Mm. I feel in control when I work out. Mm -hmm. So when, when we were talking about the addiction thing, I was like, okay, like, like she's running for the ring. (laughs) 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 But it's like sometimes because we're so good, but when we're not, I'm so out of control and I'm a control freak. And so when Mm -hmm. we're out of control, it's like, F it. Like, Mm -hmm. so that was more, okay. It could be an addiction, but maybe for her, it's like, you need to kind of decide, okay, is it a control thing? Or is this like an addiction thing? Cause I feel Jana and I have had these conversations. If, We've been addicted to other things and then it's like, oh, now it's on to this or now it's on to this. And it's like, okay, it could be I'm addicted to this and now I'm not addicted to that anymore. Now it's working out. And so I feel like it's always been working out. But for me, it's more of a control. I just and I feel better. I just love to work out. But it's a control thing. Who likes to work out? I know. And I'm weird. This is a good one that I think. Sorry, Christy. Um, Just a lot of people with kids can probably relate to. This is from Stephanie. And I think Jan and I have kind of touched on this a little bit. Just in fear of when Jolie and Chase get older, but she says, my daughter is almost 12 and went from 98 pounds to approximately 116. She's had a lot of changes during this time. Her dad and I split up and we moved. She used to play soccer, but now has, but now has zero interest. She loves cheeseburgers, pasta, soda, and all the, all that kind of junk food. We went to buy a swimsuit over the weekend and it was terrible. She's always worn a two piece. And when she tried one on, she hated herself. How can I help her so that she feels better about herself? I joined the YMCA for both of us, but she, re- she but she really won't work out. Mm-hmm. Wait, how old did you say she was? 12? Twelve. That's really sad. Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts on this question because I do work with a lot of young kids in my private practice, and I think the first thing is to have an open dialogue about it. I think with your kid is so important to talk about it. What do you want instead of I'm going to join us a YMCA that you really don't even want to do? So mm-hmm. right then and there, it was like you need to have a conversation of. What, what would you like to do? What interests you to move your body? Because it's important to move your body. I want her to feel good in her body and wear a swimsuit and be able to go to the beach and feel comfortable. So what does that look like? So again, the first conversation I always tell parents to do is have a real heart-to-heart with your child about it, which is, look, honey, you complained about looking this way in a swimsuit. You're not, you have been eating all of these things. Why don't we talk about what you would want to do to be active. Do you want to go ride your bike? Should we go down to the beach and go for a walk? Do you like hiking? Like, let's try different things together and explore activity because the inactivity is such a problem for right. kids. So it's the first establishing what could be something she would enjoy doing. Can I ask a question around yeah, that real quick? Absolutely. I feel like today with so many helicopter parents and snowplow parents or all those kind of concepts of them just allowing the kids to run the household almost and mm-hmm. dictate what they do, what they eat, and everything like that. Absolutely. And you're, I understand what you're saying. It's like, hey, let's make this decision together. Mm-hmm. But say the child really just says, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do this. Like, at what point are you like, no, I'm the adult. This is unhealthy. I'm your parent. Right Listen to there. Me. First of all, I don't want to see you upset. Right. Okay, so that's one thing. And sometimes I'll have the parents direct them to the pediatrician because that power struggle can be an issue. So if the pediatrician says, here's where you are on the growth curve, this is really, you can develop, you know, prediabetes. These, this, these types of things can really be harmful for your health. 
then it's not just coming from the mom and having that struggle. You're actually having an appointment with a, a doctor that says, look, you are headed the wrong direction. And from a health standpoint, this is where what I would you know suggest you doing. And sometimes that takes the edge off the mom. Um, and then I would also say accountability for the parent. Like if you're just buying whatever they want and chips and, oh, she really loves ice cream. And right. I do think it's important that um, the mom, the parents take the role of bringing healthy foods into the household. I know with my kids, when they get home from school and they're hungry, I'm not just throwing them chips and all this other stuff. I'm like, okay, well, let's have... So what's the balance for that? Because he's a he's a major junk food eater and I can't have junk food in the house because I will eat the entire bag mm-hmm. of, of whatever it is. Like I had to major throw away... Huge. I'll wake up. You are. At three o'clock in the morning. When I woke up this like the other How morning, there was an entire you? Oreo case empty. I was like, uh, Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you ate the entire bag of Oreos when was the last in time one I setting. Oreos? Are you kidding me? It was two nights. It was two nights. It took me to eat it. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that any better? <laughs> anyway. So and I just like I know that I can't have something in there so my girlfriend Julie she kept throwing these little like peep things in my bag and if I have those like I will eat the entire thing right and so like it's it's so but he'll he'll bring home the gushers and the uh, you know the Doritos and again I if I see cheese Doritos I will eat the entire bag in one mm-hmm. sitting mm-hmm. so I know that I can't have it in the house but he brings it home and I'm like well let me just have one but then like my daughter's eating and I'm like well this is now now we're creating the environment of what like not what house do you live in <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was pregnant, I was craving them, so he brought them home a lot. <laughs> oh. So I did it out of a ge- nice gesture. Okay, yeah. got it. So I think it's very important, in my opinion, that you have that balance between the two. I think it would be okay. really strange if it's like they only ate apples and carrots and peppers, and and once in a blue moon they got a chip or a, a pirate's okay. booty or something. That would be again, it's going the Wait, opposite direction. Pirate's booty is healthy. Yes, it's fine. <laughs> I get that at Thrive Market. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But the, the point is, is that for them to establish good, healthy eating habits right when they're young, that is a huge thing for me. So when they are hungry from school, that's when I can get in a good amount of fruits and vegetables, and then they can have their pirate's booty or whatever it is that they want. And then for dessert, if they want an Oreo, it's fine as well. You have to be able to have conversations about that versus no, that's bad, that has sugar, no, that has chemicals in it, that's, you know the worst thing you can put in your body, that's not helping the child. So it's really about educating them of like eat your, you know, growing foods first or however you want to say it. And then if you want to have some ice cream after dinner, it's fine. I know yeah. we talked a couple like weeks ago when you're, oh, I'm sorry, Jen. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I wrote my doctoral dissertation on, on weight loss and eating disorders. I have an app called No More Diets. When I hear a story like this, especially she mentioned in it that her and her husband were having problems. This is a child who's acting something out. For sure. This is about more than food. This is a kid who's turning to food to soothe herself. She may be being compulsive with food. She may be using food to tune out, to not take in what's going on in the household. And to me, the bigger issue, the more important issue is, is the underlying anxiety she's binding, sadness she's feeling, whatever it is that is driving this has to be addressed. Because you can put all the healthy food that you want in the house and you can encourage and you know teach her about nutrition, which is all valid and, and legit. But if she's depressed, if she's anxious, if she is <laughs> acting something out that's emotional, it's not going to matter because she can go to her friend's house and she's going to eat it there. She's going to sneak it at school. She's going to act it out Mm -hmm. elsewhere because it's about the acting out and it's about the developing relationship she's having with food and what she's using food for. What was the question? 
Okay. So I'm going to be completely raw and honest. Um, oh, I love that. That's in cool. middle school and high school, I have history of an eating disorder. Um, I'm not, I'm in recovery. I haven't had it in quite a few years, but I don't know if I'm projecting, but I a hundred percent feel that my best friend has an eating disorder and I don't know how to approach it. Cause I've tried mm-hmm. to kind of hint at her, but at this point I'm lost and I'm worried. So mm-hmm. what is your advice on what to do with that? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. And thank you for asking that question. I think there are a lot of people who may suspect of friends or family members who are struggling. So it's it's always a hard thing of what to say. And I'm obviously going to let uh, Jen talk about this as well. So the first thing that I would say is just letting her know that you care and letting her know that you're worried about her. Just the two of you. Obviously, no other friends around and just make it like, hey, let's go for a walk or let's go whatever, do something just the two of us and just look at her and just be sincere and a good friend and just be like, I'm really worried about you. This is what I've noticed. And I don't know how to help you, but I'm really concerned. And I think you should talk to somebody. Um, And I think you just, again, these are those hard things because unless they want the help, unless they see that they need the help, it's very difficult. But then you kind of have to let it go. It's really hard as a friend to stand by and watch somebody suffer. But at the same time, you can't try to take them on because then you're just trying to do something that's almost an impossible thing. So I think if you just have that one-on-one conversation, let her know that you're there and that you're worried and that you're concerned and that you really hope that she gets some help. Um, and that you'll be there for her, I think is really, I mean, for me, that's what I tell my clients or friends that I have had this happen. But again, I think Dr. Jung could probably. Yeah, I absolutely agree with, with everything you said. And I also think that one of the great gifts of you being in recovery is that you can share that. And that when you're able to say, this is what I went through and it was so painful and it was so scary. And this is what I did to get well. A lot of the time that experience clears the way for someone to not feel judged because it's one thing when someone points at you and goes like you have an eating disorder you need help it feels like an assault it feels it can feel judgmental but when you're able to say I see this in you because I recognize it from me because I've been there and this is what helped me and you know I really want to see you get the help and I'm here if you're even if you're not ready now I just want I want us to have a conversation so that when you are ready you know I am here for you I will help you find a therapist I will share the things that have helped me recover that that's really a great gift that you can give her. Oh, we got one more question. We'll do one more question up front. Um, thank you for your thank question, you. by the way. Thank, thank you for you so being much. vulnerable. We really appreciate it. In the topic of being healthy, uh-huh. you have you and your partner are both trying to stay healthy, go to the gym, and sometimes it'll be me, sometimes it'll be him in the aspect of, screw it, I'm having a bag of chips. Or he'll be like, I'm not going to the gym tonight. How do you maintain or how do you keep up with your partner and saying like, no, come on. Like, how do you get encouraged them to do it without being mean or trying to be the boss of them? I guess. No, you go first. No, please. No, please. <laughs> I personally love to work out with Mike. Um, I think I do better when I work out with someone. I'm always wanting to work out with Sarah. Like I just, yeah, all the time. Like I'm always <laughs> trying to work out better. We tried the whole 30 I have I did wine 30 instead because I made it 15 <laughs> days and I was like I'm 35 years old no one can tell me that I can or cannot have a glass of wine and justification yeah that's fine but um, I tried to drag you down with me yep. but you you stayed real strong in your whole 30 approach um, and then we both died a miserable death like day 15 but 
Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like you have to just make it your own path, your own journey. So I'm like, when I ask him, I'm like, all right, fine. You don't want to because you're being lazy. Well, I'm going to go out there because this is what's good for me. And I know that when I work out, I do feel better. But I do like, I, I love like being around him and working out with him. So Yeah, she tries, she's tried for a long time to drag me out there with her. And uh, this is my own issue, but I don't like being told what to do. And, um, <laughs> it's an invitation. It's not like I'm telling you to do this. Like I, you're working I, out. I know, but it's like, because it was her idea, I don't want to. <laughs> but if it was my idea, I'll be all for it. So that's my own issue. Um, but, you know, Jana didn't let that dra drag her down. She's just like, all right, this is something for me. This is what I want to do. Yes, I'd love to do it with you, but I'm going to do it anyway. Tori. Tori. <laughs> Chrissy, do you have anything to that before we move on? to? No, more? actually, I love what you just said about your own path and your own journey. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just have to do your own thing. And if he decides that he just wants to sit home and eat a bag of chips, you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to feel better when I get home and you're going to not probably feel so great. So... I think shaming him probably, probably not no the we best. can think no, that no not no not shaming we can think that but I do think that the self-care aspect of it that like whether he goes or not that you guys are not one unit yes it's wonderful when couples can inspire each other when they can say like hey I'm going oh great you know what I hadn't thought I'll go with you but I think it's also important that your health and well-being and self-care is not dependent on his and that sometimes in a relationship sometimes we have to be the leader in the relationship sometimes we're lucky and our partner will do it but sometimes we have to be the leader and I think it's really important that when you make a decision, you're going to the gym, whether he goes or not, you go to the gym. You take care of you. And then what he decides to do, that's on him. Tori? Mm -hmm. Where you at, girl? Oh. Okay. <laughs> so I just had a random question for like kid wise. Like, so me and my husband have both agreed on when we have our daughter that she's not going to have like dairy or anything like that because we don't eat that stuff. So when we told our, my, my mom is a vegan, so I'm not worried about her, but his parents, they are like, oh, we'll feed her whatever we want to feed her when she's here. Because oh. I said, oh, I'll pack her a lunch when she comes to your house. Can you please feed her this? Because like, that's how we are. And then, so how do you go about, because I'm like, if you're not going to give her what I want, then I'm just not going to bring her over here anymore because I feel like I can't trust them. How do you go about, like, doing that? Because they don't, they think how we eat is, like, I'm, like, crazy, like, because vegan, like, you're crazy, like, you're weird. <laughs> you are vegan, so go ahead and you can speak I, I'm vegan <laughs> and I have two daughters who are vegan. And... You know, for me, it's it's an ethical decision in terms of my beliefs about it. For me, it's like a religion. And if my parents wouldn't support that, I would have a real hard time sending my kids over there, not just because of the, um, the food that's being eaten, but also philosophically that they aren't showing you the respect as a parent yeah. of saying, you know, we don't agree with you. We really think you should feed them meat, but if this is what you want, okay, we'll do it. Has your husband, has your husband talked to his parents about this? Yeah. And I have too. I'm just like, cause I would say like, Oh, when she comes over, like I'll pack a lunch and they kind of just shrug it off. Like, Oh, well maybe she'll eat something from that. And it's like, or if I get the lunch back and it's like still full, then I'm like, what, yeah, what you did you give her? And it's yeah, like, I and I don't mind. Like, like, and like I told him, like, like I said, like, ruthless. It's a respect issue. Okay, but here's the question, though. But what if I said to you, I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I eat meat, I eat dairy and stuff, but what if I was like, hey, you know what? I now uh, think it's bad to kill cows, so we're not, we're going to be vegetarians. <laughs> so, 
What are you imagining me murdering that same that a burger I had about an hour ago? No, no. But I mean, would you if I said like we're not feeding Jolie meat anymore? Like, how would you be with that conversation? Like, would you would you respect my my thoughts and opinions on that, no. or would you? See, then that's the thing. No, I just did it because we're, we already started raising our kids this way. You can't all of a sudden. So you started well, from like ground up. Well, she's not here yet. I'm. Oh, do, not here yet. I'm oh, yeah. Do it. Right, but yeah. that's fine. But her and her husband have agreed on that. Yeah. But, It'd be different if her husband's like, "Hey, I want to do it." But that's the issue. I would hope you wouldn't come to him and be like, "I've decided we're not eating meat in this house mm. anymore." Yeah, no but what you to. would do is go. I read this really interesting article. It got me thinking. I wonder if we're doing harm to our health. Here, here's what I read. What do you think about this? It should always be a collaborative conversation, yeah. not like I've decided this is what we're doing. Like, yeah, so not happening. My husband is not vegan, though. So, but, yeah. like, he, whatever I want, he kind of just like yeah, like whatever. yeah. But, well, like, speaking of meat and fish, <laughs> um, Thrive Market. Uh, now offers fresh meat and fresh seafood. So if you change your mind, let me just tell you. So earlier we were talking about Thrive Market, a revolutionary online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. And like we said, you can get everything you need, snacks, cleaning products, vitamins, supplements, personal care products, everything you need. And now, like Jana said, fresh meat and seafood. Um, they're the highest quality meats. Is this really interesting you right now? <laughs> the <laughs> highest quality meats at the most affordable prices. The beef is 100% grass fed, free range and antibiotic free. Um, the chicken is certified uh, free range. What? Certified free range and organic from small family farms. Um, the seafood, I will say, we get the salmon and it is absolutely delicious. So more than 70% of the Thrive Market catalog cannot be found on Amazon. So there you go. They're the largest retailer. <laughs> retailer. There's Thrive Market right there. They're like, yeah. Um, they're the largest retailer in the country that sells exclusively non-GMO groceries. All right. Well, just keep in mind, Thrive Market's prices are already 50% off, as I said earlier. And now they're giving you an extra 25% off your first order and a 30-day trial. And of course, go to thrivemarket.com slash Jana. ThriveMarket.com slash Jana for your extra 25% off and 30-day trial. Maybe one of these days we'll go to ThriveMarket.com slash Mike. No. No. Nope. Just slash Jana. We also want to shout out our friends at uh, Dunkin' Donuts because Wine Down runs on Dunkin'. You know, you don't have to go to the East Coast anymore if you got that craving for Dunkin'. Uh, they've got over 50 locations in the greater Los Angeles area as far south as San Clemente and as far north as Santa Clarita. I'll tell you, there's a great one near you. I know there's one just down the street from me in uh, in Pasadena, California. And uh, there's one in Atwater that I that I hit up fairly often. Uh, Duncan just opened a brand new location in Woodland Hills on the corner of Ventura and Topanga Canyon. Duncan specializes in delicious fresh brewed coffee and espresso beverages. It's currently featuring a new Peeps marshmallow flavor swirl just in time for Easter. It can be added to any coffee or espresso drink. So... No longer do you have to take your peeps and put them in your coffee like I've been doing for years. Duncan will do it for you. Uh, it's delicious. It's super good. Uh, it's all, And the, the peeps fun doesn't stop there. Duncan is also featuring a peeps donut topped with its iconic yellow chick. How cute is that? Just uh, The Easter Bunny uh, is going to be eating a lot of those in a couple weeks here. Uh, guests can enjoy any medium-sized Dunkin' Cold Brew for only $2 from 2 to 6 p.m. during the month of April. So that's just for the month of April, but you get any medium-sized Dunkin' Cold Brew for only $2. That's from 2 to 6 p.m. Uh, wind Down runs on Dunkin'. There's a Dunkin' near you, over 50 locations in the greater L.A. area. So check them out.
And we got to we got to shout out Shake Shack really quick. Uh, you know, it's, we're talking about uh, Dunkin' Donuts being one of the great treats from back east. It's made its way out here. Shake Shack also falls into that category. Uh, they they have made the big move out west, and they have expanded their empire. And uh, they are all over the Southern California uh, area now. It's a modern-day roadside burger known for its 100% all-natural Angus beef burgers, chicken sandwiches, and flat-top Vienna beef dogs. Spun, fresh, frozen custard, crinkle-cut fries, craft beer, wine, and more. With its fresh, simple, high-quality food at a great value, Shake Shack is a fun and lively community gathering place with a little something for everyone. I, uh, I, I love Shake Shack so much. I've gone on record saying I think it's the best burger you can get out there. Uh, it's so, they're so good. I, I will do a double shack burger and then a single shack burger all at the same time. And my, my wife, uh, Allison doesn't eat, she can't eat gluten, but she loves Shake Shack too, because they do an incredible gluten-free bun. So, uh, Shake Shack is a, is a big, uh, a very popular place in the, in our household. Uh, and they just launched this new menu item. I've actually had this a bunch too. It's a chicken bites. There's no E in there. It's chick apostrophe and bites. It's made with 100% all-natural chicken breast containing no hormones and no antibiotics. It's made fresh to order, never frozen. The chicken bites are prepared with a sous vide cooking method, so they're extra juicy and tender, never fried. If you haven't checked out sous vide, you really should. It's kind of it's a crazy way to, uh, to cook meat, but it um it really gives you this uh this really fresh taste that you uh, that you can't get uh, if you're just frying it, uh, and it's a lot better for you too. Those chicken bites are available in either six piece or ten piece, and comes with your choice of sauce, uh, barbecue or honey mustard. I like to mix them together. It's really, really good. Uh, head to one of Shake Shack's eight locations throughout greater LA to give them a try. Locations include West Hollywood, Hollywood, Glendale, Century City, Westlake Village, El Segundo, downtown Los Angeles, or the one I frequent, Burbank. ShakeShack.com or download the Shake Shack app to get more information and find the one nearest you. Um, you guys, please give it up for Alex. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I've been sitting for an out. hour. My feet are. Hey, Alan. <laughs> um, you guys obviously know Alan. He's, you know, the star of Dancing with the Stars. Um, and I had the pleasure of dancing with you a couple times when Mr. Gleb was sick. Yeah. And had his knee issues. Um, so, do you, do you have any takeaways from the conversations today? Because yeah, actually, I was sitting there and I was like, a lot of this is extremely. Uh, very impactful? Good to know, impactful. Really? Yeah, but I can't talk because I don't have a kid. <laughs> but a lot of the stuff about eating disorders is, especially in LA, when someone is in shape and they post a picture online and everyone compliments them and they say, wow, you look so good. You look so much better. That's going to encourage people to keep working out. And like they said earlier, sorry, I don't know the names yet, but <laughs> like they said earlier, if you're working out and you're you're not stopping until you feel that really good sweat, that's because other people are like encouraging you to feel that. And it, I personally think it's a psychological thing because you're trying to make yourself look better for someone else. So when you were dating the Instagram model, sorry, you know I had to like go there. But did you see that where you know because she posted a lot of like half naked? How was that, by the way? Like as like her boyfriend at the time, was that? How did you feel about? Was that just because it was like her image and that was fine or? So I was with Alexis Wren, for those of you who don't know. Um, also your last partner on Dancing with the yes, Stars. Yes, my last partner on Dancing with the Stars. She is a beautiful person mm-hmm. in and out. Um, but that didn't end up so well. So for not dating anymore for everyone asking. Um, 
But you know, <laughs> we met on the show. I and that's her whole career. You know, she is mm-hmm. a social media influencer. How could I tell right. her whether she should post something or not? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not my duty right. as a boyfriend. Um, I personally am a super private person, so I don't like that. You know, I post some shirtless selfies here and there. Who doesn't? <laughs> I'm stopping. No. <laughs> but, you know, how? who am I to tell someone not to post that? And so I'm, I'm sure she feels really good when she gets this awesome positive feedback from people, from millions of people, as do I. But is that the, is that healthy to get that reinforcement from people? Well, I will say this. Do you get upset when a, when you post something on Instagram and you don't get as many likes? Absolutely. So is that like an endorphin hit? Because sometimes, you know, that's something Social where... Social media is a drug for sure. Yeah, where it's like, oh God, I didn't get that much on that one. So let me post this photo because I know this one will probably get a lot. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, I personally think social media... <laughs> I use it. I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is check my Instagram and then I go back to sleep. So if any of you guys want to date him, you can just, you know, the first thing. Oh, wait, we got a hand back there. What's up, babe? Is that to date me or a question? <laughs> he is here for the sex talk. Let's go. I was a little uncomfortable with that. Were but you? Now I'm open to it. <laughs> okay. So first, Jana, can you please come back to Seattle at some point? Because you've been there in a long time. Yes. Please. Before you move to Nashville, please. Yes. 100%. Okay. Second, I have been getting a lot of grief from my family about my appearance, whether you're too big, you're too small. And I was kind of wondering how any of you guys handle any kind of criticism just about how you look. Because it's really hard, and I feel like that's kind of the biggest blocker in getting me healthy is just all the constant criticism. Because whenever I feel healthy, then my grandma is like, you haven't lost enough weight yet. My mom is like this, or my family. And so it's just like, and it's on every spectrum, whether you're too skinny, you're too fat, whatever. And so I'm just wondering, like, how you deal with the criticism, because I think that's my biggest problem. And also, please come to Seattle. I want to talk first. (laughs) Please, I love it. Um, I think, honestly, it doesn't matter what you look like, how much you weigh, it's about how you feel. And I think that's one of the best parts about working out and and getting that physical activity is feeling good afterwards. You know, Uh, just because you work out every day doesn't mean you're healthy. You know, you can be malnourished or under, you know, under the correct body weight, under the percentage of fat which is not good it's unhealthy so i think it's all about how you feel and when most people work out i think the whole concept of working out is creating a routine that is balanced in a good life like where you eat healthy you do enough physical activity where your body is balanced and that you feel good i personally i don't know if if when someone tells me that oh you look like or for example when i go back home and my mom's like oh you look healthy I immediately go, wow, I must have put on some weight. Really? Yeah. I don't know. That's just a mental When What does that make you feel, though? It makes me feel like I have to go running. Like, honestly, I mean, but I feel like that's the the society we live in here, where everyone will tell you something, and you feel like you have to fix it. Even though, in my mind, I'm not, like, maybe I'm just not confident enough in myself to know that, oh, I am healthy. Maybe I need that person's reassurance, and that's why... No, Mike, I think you can attest to that. What do you mean? Well, because like, (laughs) (laughs) in the sense, like even like our friend Nick was like, you know, look at you. Like you don't, you're not working out much or you're so skinny, like 24 seven. It's the Oreos. Yeah, because when, when, (laughs) I have the same problem. (laughs) It's totally the Oreos. No, because when I first met all of our friends in Nashville, I was 30 pounds heavier. 
because I was just getting out of the NFL. And so, I mean, that's one of those things like Alan was talking about. It's just a societal thing where, I mean, even when I was in the NFL, my time there, you know, professional athletes who you think will have nothing but confidence about their body. A lot of guys would have, you know, diet restrictions in their contract where me had a hard time keeping on weight. And if I got under a certain amount of weight, it was a $3,200 fine for every single pound, Mm -hmm. every single pound. It was over $3,000. And so a lot of guys had that. Yeah. Yeah, I had to stay in a range, like an eight pound range. Or you'd have to pay. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was fine. That's true for most Yeah, that NFL is true. Players, that right? is true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys, especially the linemen and stuff like that. That's that... your candy crush life right there. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Good thing I didn't get fined. I stayed within my range, so I can use that money on candy crush. <laughs> More justification. It's okay. Um, but no, that just, that just goes to show, like, no matter what profession, no matter who you are, but the important thing is, as long as you're happy with yourself, but unfortunately, even... In professional athletics, you're treated like a piece of meat and just a number. So, you know, they don't really give a shit about you. So, Okay, so I have a lot to say about this. I'm sure you do, too. Um, so that's why I dislike Instagram so much and um, social media for, for <coughs> that particular reason. I think when, when people come to see me and they are so unhappy with how they look and they feel like they have to look a certain way to be accepted and all of those kinds of things. I'm like, well, what are you comparing yourself to? And a lot of them will say, I follow this person, this person, this person. I always feel inadequate. I always feel bad about myself. I feel like I'm not, my plates don't look as pretty. I'm not eating all of these incredible colors. And that's why I'm not, I mean, I post pictures of my kids sometimes, but I'm not, I just, it really bothers me. The whole Instagram thing. Sometimes I just, I feel like it, it really does make you feel bad about yourself sometimes. So I would say, first take a step back and analyze yourself. Are you happy with how you're living your life? Do you feel like you are comfortable? Then you kind of have to go, and I know it's hard to do, and you have to build up a little bit of a wall and thick skin and be like, whatever my grandma says, whatever my mom says, whatever people think, who gives a crap? Like, I need to be happy with myself. Like, at the end of the day, that's who you're living with. So if you're comfortable with you, be you, and what they say, you literally just have to, like, somehow some way just to have it roll off of you and not take it in and not take it like that so that would be my first thing and then if anything is making you feel insecure you have to be able to take that away take that off of you know of your life because it's not good to wake up in the, every morning and look, scroll through your instagram and be like oh my god she posted this bikini picture oh my god her plates look like this and i just had whatever for dinner last night and then you feel like oh my god i'm not having these beautiful plates it's, everybody's just comparing their lives to everything i mean do you so, compare your body to artem and everyone okay. else's like when you take like their shirts <laughs> off like are no. you like artem has like 12 abs and i've got like six absolutely but that's photoshop no. okay. <laughs> artem know, there you I, go I completely agree because I feel like right now social media is just used to compare and that's what everyone's using it for as opposed to what I think it was originally meant to be was to be able to reach out to people Mm -hmm. and create new connections or rekindle old connections is becoming a comparative tool, which is horrible. Okay. But when's it going to stop? Because I feel like everybody knows that. Like everyone says that when we talk about it. Yeah. But when is it going to stop? Like, What's going to stop? What do you mean? The comparing and the social media. Never. We all, always, especially obsession. women, we're always going to compare. That's that's the problem with us women. Like you, I feel like you guys don't compare. Do you guys compare? Not really. No. Like women are. I feel like that yeah. that we're always going to compare. And I don't know if you can speak on that, doctor, because it's like 
as much as I try not to, I've had to unfollow people on Instagram because I was comparing so much that it was destroying my day. Yeah. Then I'm like, why am I letting this like put so much power on me? What do you want them to say? Like, what would you want like to hear? Like, do you want to hear like, oh, you just, you look beautiful. Like, what is it like? I have a little bit of a controlling family based off of your guys' podcast last week, actually. You guys were talking about what you guys will do when your kids are older and how like you'll kind of baby Jace more, you'll baby Dolly more. My grandparents, I found my father when I was 20 years old and my grandparents went by my back and told him he had a daughter before I was ready. I didn't want him to know. I had found him. I wasn't ready. And so they're very involved. And it's the constant criticism. And I think that was actually my trigger was that moment when I was 20. And so then now they've kind of been like, hey, we're going to keep like judging you and critiquing you. And so I just kind of want to be left alone, but I want to have a good relationship. Yeah, that's not okay. I mean, if you can have that conversation with them, I mean, because you don't want to avoid your grandparents, you you know. So that might just have to be a conversation of like, look, I love you and I want to be around you and spend time with you. It's just, like you said, it's just not okay to make those comments. So I'd appreciate just not saying anything at all. Yeah. And just being able to say that I think is important. And it empowers you, too, to be like, look, like, that's not okay. And acknowledge the fact that that's their issues, not yours. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's on them. We teach people how to treat us. And mm-hmm. they've been treating you a certain way for your whole life. And that's the way they're used to operating in the world. They don't know any better. It may not even be malicious. It's just what they're used to doing. Yeah. And you have to teach them how to treat you. And to say, if you talk to me that way, I'm going to leave dinner and, and go home. And there has to be a consequence so that they know you really mean this. Yeah. Thank you for your question. But I, you are beautiful, though. So Amen. just know that um alan you're on tour right now yes oh you were on tour the tour just ended well it was just on dance from the stars tour now me glove and artem created our own little what's that called it's called a day of dancing a day of dancing and And how can people so they can actually dance with you yeah hey sarah sarah get up here right now (laughs) yeah come on sarah Sarah. sit up get up here right now because I want to see, so like, t- explain to me what Day of Dancing is, and they, so they, they cool. can actually dance with you, because I want to see what you'll do. Oh, I need God. to see. I just had a donut, sir. <laughs> I just had a donut. Here, Alan. Yeah. Come on, Alan. So take, take the mic, take the mic right here. No, no, you there we go. You can do it. Now we're dancing. So, so, so describe like what you do on the tour with Artem and Gleb. Well, first we have a cool little experience where we do a meet and greet, we do a Q&A, and we have three workshops. Do they get to feel the abs? What? Sarah, you can feel the abs. <laughs> No, um, but it's 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 a really cool experience where we get to hang out with the fans, and you know, a lot of the people on tour, they're like, oh, we wish we could do like a Dancing with the Fans or something, because everyone thinks they're a celebrity, but <laughs> oh, salty. but it's true. But it, this is a cool way to actually dance with everyone, and yes, she has. So a, now move. we can dance together. Wait, but you're the dancer. Is, um, zero. Oh, Sarah, do you, you got okay, this. Okay. No, but so, so do people come, are they, are they beginners? Are they, they are experts? hundred percent experts. We and where can levels. they can sign up? Dayofdancing.com. Dayofdancing.com. Yeah, but watch this. We're going to do a little salsa right now. Oh my God. You're going to go left foot forward. Wait, 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 wait. I have to get my Instagram ready because it's all about Instagram. Okay, ready, here we go. Let's do it together. You're going to go right here foot Here we go. Back. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You're going to go right foot back. You're going to go, I'll show you. Oh my God. One, two, three, and then you're going to go left foot forward. One, two, three. Woo! Woo! 
And oh, we're still going. One, two, three. Oh, look oh, at that. Here we go. I have never met Sarah before. No. Can you get a little closer? Can I see a little dry humping? I don't want to cause any problems. Okay. Hey. Oh, I Just like that. Wait, can I see a little something? I mean, a little oh more salty. Oh my God, we want to make out? Yeah. <laughs> she wants more? What? We'll, we'll do something. I want like Just... Dancing with the Stars like shower action. Let's see my it. Come on. So I can't move on. They're dancing. They're dancing. They're they're touching. Their hands are touching. Because <laughs> no one can see this right now. <laughs> so just like you can be just like Sarah. Trust me, if Sarah can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Are you okay? Was that fun? Oh, I'm great. Oh, I'm great. It's easy. Anyone can do it. All right. Oh, okay. Let, let's let's get down to why we really all came here. What? You ready to play some music? Uh, <laughs> little did you guys know in the last year, I became, I became Janice's guitar player. No, I'm just kidding. Jeff Coleman, get on up wait. here. Your guitar. Uh, wait, for you, time out though, really fast. Can you guys please give a round of applause to Christy, Dr. Jen Mann, Alan Bernstein, Sarah Kusick, Amy, our producer. We got Torbell here with the, the mic. Um, Thrive Market for hosting such an incredible event tonight. All you guys coming out and thank you guys so much. This is the first time. This is kind of like our dry run before the podcast tour and you guys have made it amazing, have validated us, that fact that you guys are all here. So thank you for that and our issues. <laughs> our issues. Um, no, seriously, thank you. And yeah. I, I love you, babe. Love you too. I'm not pushing you away right now. I love you. All right. Uh, this is my new single, Beautiful Eyes. <laughs> Surrounded by pieces of vows that were broken Leaving me speechless It's like I don't know you Everything we built is falling down Tell me I'm making this up this ain't for real Take me back to the night I could feel Like I was enough When love was just blind I'm not ready for the truth to see the light Make it up, make it pretty, I don't mind Tell me beautiful this happen I thought we were perfect I never imagined feeling so worthless I know I need to face it but I can't right now tell me I'm making this up that this ain't for real take me back to the night I could feel like I was enough when love was just blind I'm not ready for the truth to see the light 
make it up, make it pretty, I don't mind Tell me beautiful lies Oh yeah, go on and tell me those beautiful lies This ain't for real Take me back to the night I could feel Like I was enough When love was just blind I'm not ready for the truth to see the light Make it up, make it pretty, I don't mind Dream it up, make it real one more time Tell me beautiful eyes Oh yeah Please tell me those beautiful eyes Please tell me those beautiful Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, I don't even know where to start with this because it's the comfort, it's the style, it's the whole look. That's what I love about my Tacovas. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Shop by your local Tacovas store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP the Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.